We're back. Welcome to episode three of the Drake SJMC podcast. I'm your host, Chris Snyder, joined once again by producer Taylor Voss. Hello, Taylor. Hey, how's it going? How are things? Good. You seem wide awake and ready to go on this Saturday morning. I'm so ready. I've been up (laughs) since like, well, I went to bed at like three o'clock this morning, so I'm living it well. All right. Well, good thing we started late. Just 1030 for you. All right. Easy. Right. Our guest today is a 2012 Drake SJMC grad with degrees in news internet. New, we call it news today, news internet back then, and English, and a minor in politics, a very Drake thing to do, minor in politics. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Eduardo Zamaripa. And I said it right? Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> hello, hello. It's good to be here. Uh, so Eduardo currently heads up soccer market development for Musco Lighting, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, in Oskaloosa, Iowa. So I was wondering if, first of all, you could just tell us a little bit about Musco, which is really this amazing company in this small town in central Iowa. Sure. Yeah, uh, Musco. Uh, we specialize in sports lighting and uh, what we call large area lighting. Since 1976, we've been doing all kinds of sports lighting solutions, indoor, outdoor, permanent, temporary uh, so really anything you can think of in terms of uh, college arena, a high school softball field, a professional stadium, the Olympics, uh, Musco is usually involved with a lot of that. Uh, especially here in the U.S., we have a pretty, pretty good uh, variety of projects and then, uh, you know, trying to expand more in Europe and, the, and Latin America and stuff. So, yeah. And then can you tell me, tell us about your your current role, uh, heading up soccer market development, which is a fairly new role for you, right? Right, yeah. Uh, so I've been heading up soccer market development uh, probably a little close to a year, less than that. Uh, so my job is to uh, manage our partnerships uh, with the U.S. Soccer Foundation, uh, with the United Soccer League, and then also kind of try to put an umbrella over all of the variety of different soccer projects that we do around the world. Uh, like I said, uh, Europe, uh, Latin America, you know, soccer is huge there and we continue to see a growth there so you know it's kind of managing all the marketing all the uh, promotion side of it and then also leading our business unit uh, the mini pitch system uh, the mini pitch system was an initiative that we started with the u.s soccer foundation where we're doing an all-in-one soccer solution of sorts um, so it's it's easier to visualize uh, but the idea is that you're providing a galvanized steel structure around an area uh, that has goals, that has storage, that has lights, uh, obviously because of Musco lighting. Uh, and you're, the, mo- the main idea of these is to revitalize public space. Uh, they go in underserved areas. Uh, we work with a lot of partners uh, to put these in areas where soccer is a need. Uh, and that's, uh, that's been a really cool initiative. Uh, we've done 20 of them this year, and we expect to do a lot more next year. So, so does it tend to be more of a charity type thing as opposed to someone paying money because they want one at their location? You said underserved areas? Yep, yep, it does. Uh, usually, like when we're working through the foundation, a lot of them tend to be, say, for example, Target. Uh, they're one of their big partners. Uh, you know, Target says, you know, we're allocating certain funds. Uh, we, wanna, we want you to go look at a specific area. So then the foundation and Musco then in turn go say, okay, now we're going to go into Dallas and we're going to look for sites where you might have like an unused tennis court, an unused parking lot. And you take that, and it's just and just the space that's kind of just dead. And then you come in, you redo the court, you put a, a soccer system there, and now all of a sudden you're providing playing opportunities uh, for people who didn't have them before. Uh, the foundation calls it their It's Everyone's Game initiative, and the idea is to build 1,000 mini pitches by 2026. 
Uh, so uh, we have some work to do, but uh, we're getting there. Um, and I, am I remembering correctly that you're a soccer guy? I am. Okay. I am a soccer guy. <laughs> you know, I am from Mexico, so I grew up with soccer. I grew up around soccer. Uh, so a lot of people at Moscow around the office call me the soccer guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's back up a little bit and kind of talk about what led you uh, led you here. So you started out in a job that was also in Oskaloosa, right? Correct. Was yeah. it related to Moscow? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so you really started a job that was, and you can kind of tell a story that was fully utilizing your journalism skills, mm -hmm. and you've kind of morphed over the years and added an MBA along the way. Right. Right, yeah, I started, uh, I moved to Oskaloosa a little over six years ago. And so I've been a Moscow employee my entire, the last six and a half years. And the first two years of that, I was working for an organization called the Communication Research Institute, which is a part of William Penn in, in Oskaloosa. Uh, but Moscow was essentially donating my time uh, to that university. And so in that role, I was a writer, producer, um, social media editor, uh, director of our newscast. Uh, keep in mind, as you said, I'm a news internet uh, major. I wasn't a broadcast TV major uh, at all, so it was very much learn on the fly. Um, and then part of that role was also mentoring William Penn students, um, so telling them what to do in a control room, teaching them the different positions, you know, this is how to technical direct, this is how to do prompter, this is how to do audio, this is how to do graphics, you know, all that kind of stuff. So. My first two years in Oskaloosa was extremely journalism intensive, I would say. You know, we had a weekly newscast. I was turning stories pretty much every day, you know, packages, BOSATs, whatever, you name it. And then also, we also recorded all of the uh, government meetings in Oskaloosa. Uh, so city council, school board, county supervisors. Uh, so again, leading the direction of those uh, broadcasts as well. So you start with that and then... Yeah. You move over to Moscow yeah. officially. Yeah, yeah. After about two years, like I said, uh, from there, I started splitting my time. Uh, so I started working in Moscow's PR department, uh, doing some of the writing, uh, social media there. So I was kind of like on a half and half role. And then after two years of that, then I was full time at Moscow. Um, and there I was leading our, our PR team, our internal and external communications. Uh, and then I transitioned into my soccer role. So I've definitely had a a large variety of experiences since I've been at Moscow, and I feel like I've touched on pretty much all of Drake's uh, journalism tracks, <laughs> uh, and and then some. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting experience. Well, it's funny because we talk about the fact that really, you know, our students graduate with a news degree and they mm -hmm. go work in advertising, or yeah. a PR degree and they go do you know something that, that are, it feels like more and more all yeah. of our majors are kind of just doing the same thing. Right. Um, <laughs> And I guess you're kind of proof of, you know, yeah. that, that started a little bit earlier. You you just didn't necessarily get the classes on the broadcast and right. stuff while, while you were here. Yeah, no, <laughs> I definitely wish I would have. I mean, looking back on it, yes, that was like when I started working there, it's like I really should have taken a couple more broadcast classes, got more involved with DBS. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you just have to be very well-rounded is what it comes down to, you know, know how to write, know how to shoot, know how to edit, uh, and then also know how to promote yourself on social media and do all of that as well. So what were some things um, from your time at Drake that, that prepared you for all of these roles? Anything that, things that stand out? Uh, I would say, you know, when I was at Drake, it, it was always it was always drilled drilled into you that you always had to be expected to learn and to learn new tools. Uh, so, you know, in my track coming up, 
it was always, okay, yeah, you might be a news internet uh, major, but you need to know how to edit audio and you need to know how to edit a, a basic video. And I think without stuff like that, like I would have started uh, my new role and just would have been, I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> looking at. Um, so yes, I, I did feel like I was a little bit behind the curve in that sense, but I felt like at least I had enough tools. And the one thing that I, you know, I always remember Jill telling me, you know, when it comes to journalism, Jill Van Wyck, she always used to tell me, you can fix bad writing, you can't fix bad reporting. Uh, so when I started in that producer role and I was doing, um, so the CRI Weekly News is an extremely hyper-local show. I mean, all of our all of our packages and all of our stories were about uh, the school board budget and you know city council news. Uh, so I always felt like as long as I can, I'm doing good interviews and I'm getting developing sources and enterprising my stories and all of that, then as long as that's good, you know, I'll have some time to develop my skills editing, develop mm-hmm. my skills uh, on camera and that kind of stuff. So it kind of gave me a really good uh, foundation, so to speak. Are there any memories that stand out to you about your time at Drake or time in yeah. SGMC? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, I <laughs> I really enjoyed my time at the SGMC. Uh, my wife, Michelle, I she always talks about how you know, she's also a Drake grad, but she always says, like, you guys had so much fun uh, in the journalism school. Like, and it's true because it always felt like a family. And I think you can't say that about all of the different uh, majors at Drake. No disrespect. Uh, but we, <laughs> we in the SJMC, you know, we really do have fun and enjoy what we do. Uh, I think the biggest memory for me, the two that stand out are Think Magazine and uh, all the different memories at Times Delphic. But Think Magazine in particular was just such an awesome experience, which that was my capstone, uh, my the end of my junior year. And it was just great because I think it really gave me a perspective on the types of things that I wanted to do. I was the managing editor and just being around people that are really talented and learning how to work with them, I think to me was a very eye-opening experience where, you know, it's not about being the best at something every time. It's about understanding the people around you and how talented you they are and how do, how do you maximize that? Uh, so to me, that was just such a cool experience. And to this day, all the people that were in there, I have so much respect for them. And, you know, I still keep in touch for them. We really enjoyed the product that we put out. And we had a lot of fun doing Think Magazine, for sure. Yeah, and Think is the or was the capstone for mostly the news majors, but some mm-hmm. of the magazine majors as well. And now we do urban planes kind Mm -hmm. of combining them and digital media production and it's interesting because now we're i mean we're two for two now with people bringing up their capstone as Mm -hmm. their their memory um and i just wonder how many people feel it when they're in it because you'll Mm -hmm. you'll be next semester right Right. taylor (laughs) oh no i hear people talking about it now and they're like oh i have to do this thing for capstone what are we doing in capstone today and they're just like rolling their eyes about it it makes me a little scared for it, but like when hearing people like, oh, this is my favorite thing I did at Drake, I'm like, okay, maybe it won't be as terrifying. Well, maybe it's one of those things you appreciate more when you're done right. than when you're yes. going through it. Honestly, that's most projects I do here. I really hate <laughs> it in the moment, but then like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, I actually learned something from that. I, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it really consumes you. Like you're in it, mm-hmm. uh, you're in it, you know, 24 uh, seven, but it's extremely re- rewarding in the end. And at least for me, and I think a lot of people at Drake had the same experience, uh, I guess just the unselfishness of everyone working together to put mm-hmm. together a great product. Uh, and there's so much tradition, right? Like mm-hmm. here in the SJMC, when you look at all, all of the magazines, all of the awards that people have, like you want to uphold that name and you want to do a good job for Drake and for mm-hmm. your classmates. Uh, so yeah. And then Times Delphic, I mean, I was there for three years, endless stories covering <laughs> sports. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, Relace Edition, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, and you, when you guys did it, it was like a 80-page Relace Edition. <laughs> I mean, now they've, they've finally backed off of that, and it's much smaller now. Yeah. But, yeah, though, I remember being huge. Yeah, it was. We were, we were definitely, like, the last holdouts. Like, we still did like a two-a-day time Stelfic, and we still did like a massive release edition. It was kind of like we are right at the end before uh, you started to turn uh, more digital, which makes a lot of sense, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we are kind of right at that cusp of the transition, I'd say. Last thing I'm curious about is, so I think you've gotten into this a little bit, um, but what advice would you give to SJMC students now as they're going through the system and you know hoping to one day be out in the real world just like you? Um, I mean, I feel like, Oh, advice, advice for students. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about, you know, being adaptable and being flexible. And I think that's really, that's really important. But really, for me, what I would say is just um, working with people, uh, being someone that can get along with people, and just being uh, compassionate and empathetic of the different people that come into your life, whether that's the people you're working with, or whether you're the people you're interviewing or the people uh, that you have to seek out on a daily basis. I think to me, that's the one thing that I would point out. And like I mentioned, uh, back in my role when I was at William Penn, I worked a lot with students uh, and I would always tell them that, you know, you have to be able to get along with each other. You have to be able to work together. And I think companies really seek that out. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really, Yes, the skills are extremely important, but it's it's more the basic things that people overlook. It's uh, being being someone who can be uh, there for someone, being there, or being someone who can understand people and get along. And you also, also the other thing I would say that's also important: always don't be the guy in the office that people think, "Oh, that guy always shuts down projects." Because I'm telling you, there's a guy in every company. <laughs> there, it's like, no, that person never wants to do anything. You, you want to be the person that's, oh yeah. When you bring an opportunity to that person, they're always like, yeah, I want to try. I, you know, I want to try to make it work. I want to try to help you. Um, so that would be my biggest advice. You know, help people, be open to opportunities. Uh, just get along with people. That's a big thing. Just get along. That's good. And really, that's that's the same thing we heard last week from right. Allison, too, is, is you know, that, you know, being a good person to be around in the office can can make you go far. OK, great. So thank you, Eduardo from Muscle Lighting, for talking to us um, this week. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on where wherever you listen to podcasts. We're yeah. out there everywhere, we believe. Yeah. So far, we are out there everywhere in places I've never heard of. <laughs> so subscribe in those places that Taylor's never heard of. Um and we'll be back again next week with another interview. Thanks for listening.